Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Ready to get into this morning's message. All right, well, thank you for, uh, I guess, thinking about it. <laughs> do we want to do this this morning? Well, hey, we're going to do this. Praise God. Hey, if you recall, we have been in a series called Living Our Best Life Now. And so I don't know if it's been encouraging to you, but it's, it's stirred me in some areas to, to really put a guard on my thinking, to put a guard on my conversation. Because if you recall, we started out this series that concerning living our best life now is really contingent upon the things that we allow ourselves to think about. And ultimately, as we think about it, we begin to talk about it, right? And so if we're talking negatively, thinking negatively, obviously it will produce negative in our lives. It will gravitate our lives towards negativity. In fact, if you haven't grabbed one of those little uh, negative containers, grab one of those. And every time you get a negative thought or say something negative, go ahead and just put some money in the jar, right? So anyways, uh, we're purposing to live our best life now. And how many of you know that in life there are seasons that come and seasons that go, right? Sometimes there are seasons in life that are seasons of preparation. Sometimes there are seasons of harvest. Sometimes there's season of where it's just hard work, right? And so life has this way of taking us through seasons. And this season that we are in as a church is a season to live our best life now. Everybody say, I can, I can. And, I will. and I will. Come on, we're going to live our best life now. And it started this year. Now, when it comes to seasons, how many of you have identified that something kind of shifts on the inside of you when the summer season kind of rolls in, Right? I mean, we start thinking, oh, it's summertime, it's summer season, it's time to enjoy life, right? Isn't it interesting how just a season comes or we think the warm weather's coming and we start to think, oh, it's time to enjoy life. Summer's coming. In fact, for that matter, because of just the season that's coming, you might have been one of those persons that says, it's, it's time to get fit. <laughs> well, what about the rest of the year? <laughs> But for some reason, in the season, you're like, it's time to get fit, right? And something about that season of time of year, that things start to shift even in our culture. Have you noticed that the commercials start to change, right? The advertisements, pure Michigan, right? <laughs> enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the lakes, enjoy what this great state has to offer they start to cause you to think differently because of the season that we're in I saw a coca-cola ad just the other day it was these young kids that are just uh, out on the beach having fun and then it says open up some happiness <laughs> right there's just something about the season that when we look at it we think oh it's just time to enjoy life when it comes to the movies or uh, the cinema, how many of you know they wait till summer to bring out the blockbusters, right? And we start to wait for whatever that blockbuster might be because the season that we're in, right? Come on, how many of you have been thinking that way? Woohoo, it's summertime. A lot of us do, right? 
But the question is, is why have we been waiting to enjoy life? Why have we been waiting for a season to give ourselves permission to actually enjoy life? I mean, you realize there's no difference between summer or fall or winter or spring. The only difference is, is how you allow yourself to look, look at it or think about it. And as a result, what do you do? You start to create margin in your life around the summer season. Or we could say it this way. When it comes to summertime, you get intentional. So in other words, the only reason that you really begin to enjoy life now is because you set boundaries, margin, and you get intentional to live life. But how many of you know that the margin doesn't just have to be for a small season. It can be extended and expanded to however you want to live. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just go through a short season and think, well, there goes the fun. <laughs> no, I want to live my best life now. Now, obviously, as you get older, as I've gotten older, you know, you, you take on different responsibilities. But, you know, there's something to enjoy in every season. I mean, during the summertime, you can go to the lake, you can go boating, you can go golfing. And then you come, come into the fall season, well, I can go fishing, I can go hunting. Then when it comes into the winter season, man, I can go skiing, I can go snowmobiling. I mean, you see, there's never a dull moment if I'll create margin and be intentional with life. So therefore, say it with me. Say, I can, I can. and I will, I will live my best life now. Amen. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning is how do we live our best life now? Waiting or not waiting for permission, but purposing to possess it. Because I can and I will. There's a scripture in John chapter 10, verse 10. You know, if you've been around here any length of time, you'll know that I'll oftentimes share that verse because one, I believe it's one of my, I think it's one of my most favorite scriptures. But in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, but the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more. Everybody say more. More, more abundantly. The actual translation says to have life in quality and quantity. So Jesus said, I've come that you would have quality of life. But for some reason, we live this life through seasons that says, well, this season is the season for quality. <laughs> right? It only lasts between, I don't know, man, summer, it's been so wet. I don't know if summer's ever going to kick in, but you know what I mean right? We look at these seasons to give ourselves permission. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But unfortunately, I believe what we end up doing is we compartmentalize life in different segments. We compartmentalize family. We compartmentalize church. We compartmentalize work. We compartmentalize fun. And though, therefore, depending on the compartment that we put it in, you know, this compartment is the one that I enjoy. This compartment right here is not so much fun. In fact, this compartment right here, you might have just become acquainted with the spies in it. Like, man, I just can't stay in that compartment. I'm trying to keep that compartment at a distance, right? We compartmentalize life 
and there will be things that we esteem or we make margin for for the sake of enjoying, and some of them we just make margin for the sake of enduring, even though we despise it. But I think a lot of it is based upon how we view life, how we look at life. How many of you know God doesn't want you to despise your marriage? He wants you to enjoy your life, that you might have quality and quantity in a life or a marriage with your spouse, with your kids, with your work, with your church. He doesn't want you just to endure. He's a, he doesn't want you to just to, uh, uh, put it in a compartment and say, well, we've done that this week. No, he wants you to enjoy life in every area of life. Notice what the Bible says concerning Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1, Speaking of Jesus says, as wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So notice what it says there. Before we go on, it says that we all are in this race. Well, how many of you have ever run a race? Have you ever run a race Back, in fact, my kids just had this past Friday, they, they called it fun and, fun and Field Day. Back when I was in elementary, we called it track and field. And in track and field, you would participate with the intent to win. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, we got first, second, third place ribbons, and then they handed out the, you know, you competed, it did well. The honorable mention, yes. I never wanted the honorable mention, and I never competed for the honorable mention. I wanted first place, and if I didn't get first place, I wanted second place. If I didn't get second place, I wanted third place, right? I ran or I competed to win. Well, the Bible says right here that we are running this race. Well, I don't know if you're running your race to win or to lose, but it's a whole lot more fun to win. And for that matter, God didn't set up the game to have a stop or a start and a stop in the sense of, well, you know, if you don't make it to the end in a certain amount of time, you just lose out. No, God says the way we play our game, the way we as believers play the game is we keep on playing until we win. We keep on competing until we win because we've been given a life of quality and quantity, right? He says, run this race with endurance. He says... There are things that are going to try to weigh you down. Don't let them hold you back. Run your race. But then it goes on to say this. Concerning Jesus, he says, Let us look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. How many of you know that Jesus has went through far more than you will ever experience in your worst day? I said he went through the hardest and the worst experience any person could ever experience. So therefore, <clears throat> if you're having a bad day or a bad week, it don't compare to Jesus. But the Bible says that what Jesus knew he was going to do, he says he endured it with joy. He endured it with joy. So even though he knew that he was going to the cross, he was still going to live his best life now in the journey to get there. 
Amen. So that tells me that concerning you, concerning me, that going to the workplace, living and trying to just make it through another day with my spouse, it doesn't have to be one that I despise. I can begin to have a journey of joy because I'm living my best life now. I don't know what your marriage looks like now. It might be just hell on wheels, but I'm telling you what, it can turn around. It can be heaven if you'll purpose to allow God to take you into this season of living your best life now. God desires for you to experience his best. But once again, it's all based upon what you will allow yourself to see. Because the enemy is going to paint you a picture of hardship, of doom and gloom, Never going to get better. It's never going to change. This season is going to be a season that just lasts the rest of your life. And if you'll buy into the lie, if you'll buy into the picture that he's painting you, that will be the quality of life that you experience. But if you'll begin to realize that what Jesus came to do was to give me a life of quality and quantity, I can begin to live my best life now. Now, here's the thing that the enemy tries to do so well in painting the picture of hardship and all the junk of life is to distract you and get you from a place of really understanding what Jesus came to do. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, I want to bring this to your attention. And I'm going to read it from a different translation. It's one that you know well, but in the Passion Translation, it says, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ... He has become an entirely new creation. Everybody say new. new. He's become a new creation. All that is related to the old or the older has vanished. Behold, everything. Everybody say everything. Everything, everything has become fresh and new. In Jesus, in Christ, when you received him, the Bible says that there was a new day, a new start, a new season. And in this season, it's fresh and it's new. But here's what I want you to understand, that when you receive Christ, it wasn't just a one-time thing. It wasn't just a one and done. You might have said, I received Christ 25 years ago, and that was a very great experience. But man, you don't know what life has looked like now. But listen, when you really begin to identify and understand what Jesus came to do, it's a new life. It's a new morning. It's a new season every day of your life. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It wasn't the quality and quantity of life when you said, Jesus, come into my heart. No, Jesus came so that you would have newness of life and a new season and a new start every morning. Look at what the scripture says here. The Bible says this in Lamentations. In Lamentations, the Bible says, God's loyal love, God's loyal love couldn't have run out his mercy or his merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness? I'm sticking with God. And I'll say it over and over because he's all I've got left. Amen. The Bible says that God's love and faithfulness is new every morning. It says his mercies are new every morning. So in Jesus, you've got a new start. You've got a new hope. You've got a new life. Every morning, there's new mercies. So listen, you might have failed miserably yesterday, but today's a new day. 
Today or yesterday may have been the worst day of your life. But remember, we're not looking at the past. We're looking at the present. And we're pressing on to the future. And so I don't care what yesterday looked like. Today's a new day. Today's a new season. Why? Because we're going to live our best life now. I want you just to contemplate for just a moment. For those of you that have attended GVC for any length of time, some of you might just be brand new. But for those of you that have attended for some time, for some season, if you contemplate and look back just a little bit, can you say that your life has gotten better as a result of being at GVC? Yes. Amen. Now, once again, the church in itself isn't the end-all, be-all, but a church connects you to Jesus, right? The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. But through the church, that's how we get to know him, or it's the beginning of the process. And so for many, I would say, and no, just from knowing you firsthand, many of our lives have changed as a result of the connection you have with a church, a place that you call home. In this last year, have you found that the jobs have changed? Have you gotten better jobs? Have relationships been made new? Have you received new homes, gotten into new homes? Has your health been restored? Has your wealth been restored? Have you found that since you've come into a relationship with God and gotten connected with His church, that life has begun to become better? Why? Because we're living our best life. And God wants us to connect with the season of living our best life. And for that matter, not only is every day a new season, but the current season that we are in as a church is a new season. If you've been here for a while, at the beginning of the year, I just said as we were praying about this new year, that God said that there's some new things that are upon us. He said there's some new things that I'm doing, some new things that I'm wanting to do in your life. And so we've been purposing to walk a new way, talk a new way, live a new way. Because God says we're in a season of new. And therefore in this new season, we're going to live the best life that we've ever lived. How many are with me? How many of you will say, I can, I can and I will. I said, God is doing something new. And I don't know if you've sensed that, if you've experienced it, but God is doing something new. And this is one of the scriptures that he gave us. In Isaiah 43, I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. It says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. He says, I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. He says, I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in the bad land. Amen. He's doing a new thing. See, we began this series by saying that there is a choice in how we view things. There's a choice in what you think about. There's a choice in what you talk about. There's a choice in what journey you choose to take. And I'm here to tell you that we're in a new season. We're in a new place and God's doing a new thing. Now, in order to experience the new, God says this. He says, you're going to have to forget about what's happened in the past. You're going to have to forget about the old history. In fact, you're going to have to focus on the current day and the new future. He says, in order for you to experience the new, you're going to have to live in the present. 
In order for you to experience your best life now, he says you're going to have to recognize and begin to look for those things that are bursting out all around you. In fact, he goes on to say, he says, I'm going to make rivers flow in a desert place. Come on, how many of you know that Flint has been a desert place for a good while now? Well, that just simply means that it's time for life to come. Well, the Bible also says that out of you will flow rivers of living water. You see, God wants us to be carriers, carriers of God's goodness. Why? So that we can just live the best life now for ourselves? No, it's so that we can help other people live their best life. Come on, how many of you know that you sit next to people every Sunday morning and they put the smile on and they say, oh, life is good, praise the Lord, but they're going through hell. They put on the fake smile, but they need somebody that will just love them. And sometimes it's just necessary for somebody to come up along somebody and help them achieve their best life. You know, I'm a little bit behind the game in helping my son. My girls were uh, far more advanced uh, in, in years when it came to riding a bike. But my son, we just bought him a brand new bike just uh, a few weeks back. Now, he's had bikes in the past that were smaller and had the training wheels. But now he's in that season where he's saying, I want to ride by myself, Dad. But he's like, Dad, I'm afraid. Well, how many of you know that I already know how to ride a bike? I can ride my bike around in front of him and say, look at this, son. This looks like fun, doesn't it? Don't you wish you could do it? What do I do? I come up alongside of him. I hold on to the back of his pants and say, come on, son, let's go. And then as I'm running alongside of him, I start to let go as he's going. And he's like, Dad, am I doing it? Yeah, you're doing it, son. Keep looking ahead. Keep looking ahead. Don't look behind you. Don't look behind. Don't look at what was back there. Don't look down at your feet at the present moment. Keep looking to the front. Keep looking forward. Keep pedaling. And as I come up alongside of him, what am I doing? I'm helping him experience a new season in his life, one that brings joy. Right? Come on. God wants us to be those people that come up along those others that are struggling and saying, listen, I'll help, help you live your best life now. Does that mean that everything is perfect in your life? No. But if you'll help somebody, the quickest way for you to experience yourself is to help somebody achieve theirs. That's what God's called the church to be for. That's what he's called us to do life together for. Amen? And so we can and we will. Over the last five months, we have seen God do some tremendous things. There's a number of things that I could share with you, but over the last five months, just in the last few weeks, if, if you recall, you know, we did a series ministering on the subject of healing, that God is a now God, that God wants to touch and love and heal his people today. And then we prayed for people that needed healing in their body. And we have consistently saw and heard people come back with stories of healing in their body. Just last week, we got two more stories. One woman said she went to the doctor and said, the doctor gave me a report and the report was pretty bad. The diagnosis was pretty grim and the outcome didn't look good. She said, but we prayed. You prayed on that Sunday. And she said, we went back for some results and we got the results. And the doctor said, everything's a-okay. Come on, it went from zero to living best life now. Amen? 
one of our little babies in the church, just I think just under a year old, uh, somewhere in that age. Uh, yeah, I think they're under, under a year old. But in the development of their hips, the little baby's hips were out of alignment, hip dysplasia. And they kept monitoring the hips. And this last time that they went in, the doctor said, listen, if we don't get or if the hips don't align themselves, we're going to have to make a brace for the baby to wear so that it will align everything as it ought to. And so we prayed for that little baby that came up and we said, you know what? That's just not acceptable. We know that we serve a healing God. We know that we serve the God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so they went back to the report or went to the doctor last Monday. And as the dad came driving in, he gave me an x-ray. He says, you know what that is? I said, what's that? He says, that's perfect hips right there, baby. Come on. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about living a best life now, but knowing that that's the God that we serve. Amen. Financially, we've seen God move. Again, just in the building project, God has just done miracles. And he's moving in the midst of our church. I mean, this past Wednesday, our midweek service, the worship team was just ministering in the presence of God. It was so strong. And I got up on the platform. And as I stood up on the platform, my body just began to tremble in the presence of God. And all I could do was weep. It's because God is moving. He's doing something new. He's wanting us to experience our best life now. Can you say, I can and I will? I can and I will. Amen. Let me just give you a couple more things as we wind this down. The Bible tells us that God is taking us into seasons. That one scripture in Isaiah said, I'm taking you in to a place or even though it might be desolate, even though it might be a desert land, even though it may not have all that it seems that it should, he says, I'm springing up rivers. I'm bringing life to that place. Well, that's me. I'm purposing to receive that because God's promise said it is, and it belongs to ours, or, or to us, rather. And so if I can, just as I wind this down, I want to bring your attention to the children of Israel if you recall the story, the Bible says that they were enslaved for 400 years. They were set loose or turned loose from their captivity. And as they left, the Bible says that not one was feeble or not, there was not one sick person as they left. Nor did they have any poverty or lack. It says that they were let go with the wealth of Egypt. It is a type and shadow. It is an example of the new birth experience or the salvation that we have in Christ. But then the Bible says that God led them into a desert place, led them into the wilderness. But did you know that in that desert place, in that wilderness, the Bible says that God always had a cloud by day to give them shade, gave them a fire by night to give them protection and heat. Said that every morning, mercies were new, and it showed up in the form of mammon and showed up in the form of quail. When they were thirsty, said that there was water that came from a rock. When the waters that they found were bitter, the Bible says that God turned them sweet. You see, everywhere that they turned, it is a type and a shadow. It is an example of what God has done through Jesus in our lives. I don't care how bad it looks like. I don't care what the desert feels like. I'm telling you, God has taken us into a new season. And he says, I'm causing rivers to flow. And I'm bringing life. Amen. 
Now, here's the danger. Think about those individuals that they're in the wilderness, in that desert place, and there's the cloud by day that is giving them shade, protecting them from the heat. But how many of you know that if you go with a shadow over you long enough, you just kind of get used to the shadow that's there? Right? And if you just kind of go on about your business and the shadow just seems to always be there, it's real easy to take it for granted. And if you start taking it for granted, you'll get kind of complacent and lazy with life, right? And the Bible says those that took it for granted, those that got lazy and complacent, that got on the edge of the cloud or the shadow, the Bible says that they were, they were overtaken. Why? Because they got out of the protection of where God was taking them. So let's not get complacent in this season that we're in. But then the Bible says this. It says that he gave them a fire by night. Now I just think that the fire was a little bit more drastic. Amen. I mean, for those of you that are going up north for the summer for vacations and you have that bonfire how many of you know that the bigger the fire gets, the further you got to stay away from it, right? It'll affect you. The closer you get to the fire, it'll affect you. But see, here's the thing. God's not wanting us to stand at a distance. He's wanting us to be consumed by the fire of God. There's a fire on the inside of us. The Bible says that Jesus himself is an ever-consuming fire, and he wants us to get as close to the fire as we can and as we want and it will change you. The cloud, it can easily be taken for granted. But you get close to the fire, it'll radically change you. Amen? I'm encouraging you in this season that we're in. Allow the fire of God to get kindled on the inside of you. Stay fired up. Stay focused. Don't compartmentalize one or the other. Let's just have God consuming us everywhere that we go in our families, in our workplace, in our church life, let's just believe for the fire of God to show up. Amen? As I close, I want to give you an example of how the fire will affect you. In Michigan, there is an area or a region that the jack pine grows. And it's one of the only places in the world that the jack pine grows. And in this place, there is a bird that is called, let me get the name right. The name is called the Kirtland's Warbler. Warbler. The Kirp, Kirtland's Warbler. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Kirtland Warbler. And in this place in Michigan is the only place that the warbler breeds. But do you know how the jack pine grows and reproduces? The only way that it reproduces is if a fire comes. You see, the seeds or the cones can stay dormant for decades. But it's only when the fire comes that it melts the resin within the pine cone. And it sets forth the seed and it produces life. And it's in that place that the warbler breeds. What does that mean? We need the fire of God to break forth, to melt off, to kindle the seeds that are on the inside of us. And when God begins to light a fire on the inside of you, I'm telling you, it's going to change your family. 
you'll find that things start to reproduce in your family. Love, joy, peace, kindness, the joy of the Lord. Why? Because of the fire. We need the fire. And the fire's coming. Don't miss out on the fire. I realize in the summer months, we see many people gone because of the summer season. We're not going to be moved by that because it is what it is. But if you have the opportunity to be in church, come catch the fire. Because by the end of summer, I'm telling you, it's going to be a blazing. On July 26th, we're going to have a fire. We're going to have a bonfire night. It's going to be a night that we come and just go after God. And it's going to radically change your life. Amen. How many of you are ready to live your best life now? How how many of you are ready to enter into this new season where God lights the fire on the inside of you and it begins to shape and change everything in your life? Oh, come on. It's time to live our best life. Come on, let's stand together, please. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to say a simple prayer. And one of the things that I know is that God honors my prayers. He always answers my prayers. He says that all of his promises are yes and amen. And so if you're here this morning and you say, I want that fire. I want to be consumed with the fire of God inside and out. I want want to be totally saturated with God's presence. And if I can tell you one thing, you'll never miss out. You'll never lose out. You'll never have any more fun than you did the day that you said, God, consume me. And so if you're here this morning and you're saying, I want that fire of God to be burning bright. Then as I begin to pray, God's going to begin to ignite it. Just as I said that I felt the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. If I can, I want to just stretch you for just a moment to take one extra step. Nobody's looking around. But if that's you and you say, I want just to be consumed with the fire of God, I just want you to lift your hands towards heaven. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's judging. In fact, if you was to look at your neighbor, they probably got their hands raised as well. Father, as we lift our hands towards heaven, as simply a sign of our surrender and our yielded hearts to you, and just our desires to say, God, we want more of you. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would fall on every single person in this place, that the fire of God would light them from the inside out. Lord, I pray that it would consume everything about them in their thoughts, in their talking, in their walking, that God, not that you are conforming them, but Lord, you're transforming them into a new person. Oh God, I thank you that we are entering into a new season right now and we are beginning to live our best life right now. I thank you that the old is behind us. We are not rehearsing old history, but no, God, we're pressing on. And there's a new season and a new day ahead of us. 
And as we say amen, will you conclude it by saying, I can and I will. Say it with me. I can and I will. In Jesus' name, amen. Well. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life